0: Hello and welcome back. I'm Carmack and this is Combat Chronicles. I'm going to play you an excerpt today from the latest Patreon episode which covers all of UFC 290 and a title fight from another organisation, One Pride. So, yeah, if you want to hear about uh, the male Atomweight lineal champion, which you might want to, you can head over on there. But if you want to hear about Volkanovski, battering the Rodriguez. If you want to hear about the first fight between Pantosia Moreno, which was a all-timer as far as I'm concerned. Uh, if you want to hear about Drikus Duplessis beating Robert Whitaker, and other highlights on that card, then please head on over to www.patreon.com slash combat chronicles. If you don't know, I think you still deserve to hear my take on Robbie Lawler, because Robbie Lawler does not get hidden behind a paywall at the end of the day. This is part of that episode, and I think it's just a... Look at one of the all-time greats of MMA. I really do believe that. The greatest action fighter of all time. One of the greatest men to ever compete in the sport of mixed martial arts. And please, if you've got any dissent towards Robbie Lawler, never listen to this podcast ever again. It's a clip on a card which features a title change, the shocking loss of an arguable all-time great and the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world doing his fang. Um, Robbie Lawler is at the front of my mind. But he has been for years. He's just a wonderful, wonderful fighter. He appears... I actually believe him when he says he's retiring. After the fight, Conor McGregor sort of said, oh, we'll be back. And Robbie Lawler said, what, does Conor want to fight? That would be a good one. I think I said that on this Patreon episode, didn't I? Not this one, but on this Patreon feed sometime last year. If he's going to come back for that, fair enough. Piss Michael Chandler off. I've been saying for ages, yeah. That's the fight you should make. Robbie Lawler and Conor McGregor both passed their bet. I think Robbie Lawler fucking take his head off, to be honest with you. Um, both passed their best McGregor's fought at 170 hey this ain't the Conor McGregor episode it's the Robbie Lawler episode so Robbie Lawler goes out on a win against Nico Price fight itself not a huge amount to talk about Um, actually like as I said in, the other, in some other fights with Robbie Lawler his post-title career has been a bit of a shame really because against RDA he looked good early got injured uh, in other fights against like Colby and A he just looked old and a shell of himself wasn't really able to pull the trigger and against Brian Barbarino, he was able to pull the trigger and his his defence looked really good. It kind of had echoes of, and I hate to you know, use a, a proper all-time great pound-for-pound clash here as an example, but it had kind of echoes of like Jose Aldo, Max Holloway too, where the, the defence was there, but just got overwhelmed. And Robbie Lawler just got overwhelmed by a young, a younger, stronger fighter at, at that point in his career. But the kind of fighter he would have swallowed up five years ago. Um, all credit to Barbarino, who, who went through some real... Hellish periods in that fight and, and you know, overwhelm Robbie, fair play. But Robbie does still look sharp offensively and he does look sharp defensively. He's just in his 40s and he's not capable of sustaining it. Didn't need to tonight, which was great. Another one, of course, Ben Askren, probably should have had that win. So, you know, Robbie Lawler's post-fight career, not this horrible slide into being shot that we've seen with a lot of great fighters. And actually to end this... With a pretty vintage Robbie Lord performance, it's great. I said before the fight uh, online on Twitter at Combat CR. If you're not following, don't know why you'd pay me money but not follow me for free. But maybe you're not on Twitter, and I'm over on Fred's as well at Combat Chronicles Pod um, and Instagram as well now at Combat Chronicles Pod. If you want to follow me there, um, the same bulk of the content still here. But if you want to, anyway, Nico Price. I thought you know he's he's weird and. Somewhat fun, sometimes. Somewhat dangerous, sometimes. And I said to uh, on Twitter, you know, Robbie Lawler, A, it's a disgrace, he's not on the pay-per-view card. I'd, I'd maintained that. It's a disgrace. Um, especially given the fact it wasn't like Robbie was an afterthought, and we'll get onto that in a second. But I thought, he should have had an easier opponent. Get to that in a second as well. But also, that's not Robbie Lawler's style. And because of that, oh, sorry, getting emotional, because of that, it means so much more that this happened, because if you're worried about him, like I was, because you want him to go and win, you want his retirement to go well, you, you over-egg it, if, oh, fuck, well, give him an easier fight, now, some people might go, oh, yeah, I expected Robbie Lawler to blast Nico Price out early, and they're not as surprised. But for me, I worried about him. Didn't want him to go out on a loss. He didn't deserve it. Have of all the fires in the sport, they've given us these great nights. Robbie Lawler's has given us more than any. That's a fact. That's, there's no dispute in that. And I don't think there's any fan of this sport who would think for a second, oh, I was pretty indifferent on Robbie Lawler in his prime. You loved him. I've never seen anyone say a bad word about him. Even if you beat your favourites, the way he did it and how he went about it was fantastic. And the way he went about this was fantastic as well. Nice and quick. With so many people, you'd see something like this and you think, those blows look quite innocuous. That might have been like a set-up. But Robbie Lord is just a banger of a puncher. Grabs a single quality, round the outside, comes underneath the uppercut, finishes off with a hook as Price is going down, walk-off KO. DC, his commentary was horrific tonight, as it usually is, but he did say, you know, he, he stressed more than once you don't have fairy tales in this sport champions tend to go out on their back which is a great line great line and he's right they do I mean look at Frankie Edgers, the end of Frankie Edgar's career there's a guy who I said at the time give him a fucking gimme fight give him a gimme he's given you so many great nights obviously at 170 it's easy to find a give It's fucking bring someone in for Frankie Edgar to pace again that's not his style and I think Frankie Edgar although he did show punching power at points of his career he's not Robbie Lawler that's why it's unfair keep giving him hard fights Robbie Lawler fuck it he's got the equaliser he can bang you out we're both hands but the left hand's always been a peach so the walk-off KO again a gentleman in victory or defeat no matter what time of his career you know Robbie Lawler used to angry with himself a lot. But he's just a great guy. Ferocious in the cage. And uh, just a gentleman outside of it. And, and quite frankly, you know, given the way the fight played out, how it ended up, how I was thinking, feeling going into it. And other people are going to go, oh, you're stupid. It's obvious that Nico Price was a setup for Robbie Lauder. Huh? Fucking Nico Price went to the wow with, with Luke, hey, mate. Who was on a great run of form and continued in a great run of form after that fight? He's not an easy night. Really impressive from Robbie to be able to do this at 41. And he looks great at 41, doesn't he? For a bloke who's had the wars he's had, he's, he's always sounded the same. And apart from losing his hair or shaving his head, he looks the same. He's a youthful 41, which is crazy for a bloke who's had the fights that he's had. That's what's mad about this guy's career comes on the scene as a phenom, really was, you know, in that day where people come on and bang people out quickly in the UFC, and you go, oh, whoa, you know, like via Balfour, really, it's kind of how Robbie Lawler was touted as, as some hiccups, usually always great fights, but certainly once he transitioned to middleweight, and did the rounds on the circuit, there were times where he would be beaten, uh, Jack Slat done a really good thing, actually, he got a really great breakdown this week on Robbie Lawler, on over on that fight primer, and he said that, Actually, if you do re-watch those fights, Robbie was never easy to beat. Even though you see him get tapped here, there and everywhere and you know lose fights to fighters that you wouldn't perceive to be on the level of a pound-for-pound elite fighter, which is what Robbie Lawler became, generally, he was still really fucking hard to take down, really hard to keep down and fought really hard. And, you know, when, as a fan of his, at the time, when you were going through those fights, you'd go, oh, fucking hell, Robbie, you know. You you just can't get a good run of form going. Then he'd, have, then he'd remind you why he was so great. And then when Strikeforce got brought out by UFC, suddenly he went on this amazing run. I mean, it's mad when you consider you know, the Jake Shields fight at middleweight. If you'd thought about Robbie Lawler when he was the welterweight champion fighting Jake Shields, say the Jake Shields that fought GSP, you would fuck, if they'd never fought, you'd have got my Robbie well, Lawler would fucking kill him. He was so fucking scrambly, so quick to get an underhook, so... Good at elevating his man, constantly on the move, constantly fighting for a better position, constantly making you pay if you dare grab a single on him. And by the way, his story in here, Jay Shields was really fucking good. Really fucking good at what he did well. But it's comparing to what Robbie did in transitional phases and the skill set that he possessed that you just think, no, nah, he wouldn't be him. And he wouldn't have done. That weight weight run, which I'm about to get to, this run from phenom to gatekeeper to champion to elite pound-for-pound level operator, one of the best stand-up fighters in the history of the sport, impossible to keep down, impossible to stop. That was just incredible, and it meant so much more because of everything that preceded it, and that's why this night means so much more. Than other retirements, than other final fights. Because you followed this guy from his early career, you followed him around the world, around all these different promotions. And no one deserved more to go out with a performance reminiscent of their best days because he gave those best days to us. And it's all the fighters do, they all put their lives on the line. But Robbie Lawler, man, his lip falling off and he's still ploughing ahead. Condit giving it to him that fifth round Hendricks one of the hardest punchers in the world at that point yeah I'm going to stand in range and fucking hand fight with him that uppercut whoa Koschek was still good I'll punch his head in Jake Ellenberger devastating puncher nah you're right I'll fight him the two fights with Roy Mcdonald as I say you know he was a scary scary fella and he'd done it with class he reminds me, in a way, uh, of Alexis Arguello, you know, the great gentleman. And I think, I mean, hit me up in the comments below. Is there anyone that's indifferent to Robbie Lawler, if you're an MMA fan? He's the fighter I'd show. If boxing fans go, I'm not a big fan of MMA, I go, watch Hendricks Lawler 1. And I've got to talk about that fight here because it's my favourite fight of all time. I think it's the greatest fight in MMA history, I really do. There are a couple other contenders, but that's the one I go back to. It's just fucking amazing. I'm watching it live. I remember where I was. I spoke about where I was this week in the Silver Wipen documentary. If you haven't checked that out, uh, if you haven't found the time, please do. It's going down well, and I think you enjoy it. If you enjoy this episode, you'll love that. Um, How to Catch a Spider, which dropped this week on this here Patreon. Um, And if you're here in this segment elsewhere, um, head on over to the Combat Chronicles Patreon, www.patreon.com slash combat chronicles. But watching that fight live... I remember where I was with my mates who used to watch MMA at the time in boxing Um there's like five or six of us that were hardcore boxing fans uh, my mate was off his head he, he, he bought Manny Pacquiao shorts in the Philippines and headband and uh, when his sister and my mates would come round for these debauched parties to watching the boxing start up late at night they always try and get the fittest bird to dress up like Manny Pacquiao a bit weird really um, happy to say it wasn't me but uh, it was fun um, so lots of gear lots of drugs by the time Hendrix and Lawler came around was not into all that um, also not into staying up late for fights tired it was what 25, 26 at that point When was it 2014 it was 2014, I checked. We'll get back to that in a sec. i just trying to figure out, you know, sort of... I knew that, obviously, GSP Hendricks was towards the end of 2013. Because I remember exactly where I was for that as well. Um, we stayed out and watched this fight. And you watched it, and you just knew it was special. There were certain sequences, the way it played out, the end flow. What those guys were doing in there. So with the hand trapping from Lawler and... and Hendricks fighting for hand position. And then eventually, obviously, the fifth round where he took him down and Robbie just looked and he knew he'd lost. He knew what he had to do next time round. Actually, the second fight was a debatable decision, but it doesn't matter because the career trajectories those guys were on at that point, Robbie Lawler was the welterweight champion we needed. And I talk about 2014. It's absolutely ridiculous. Fights Johnny Hendricks, March 15th, 2014. Loses the fight I was just talking about. Two months later, he he beats Jake Ellenberger. Then he has that fight with Matt Brown in July. Then he fights Hendricks and wins the title in December. Four times, four top 10 welterweights, four dangerous strikers. All of them with knockout power. What a run. Then in July, later, he has that fight with Rory McDonald, which a lot of people think is the greatest fight of all time. This is something I want to talk about Robbie as well. He has that lip injury after that, and then he fights Condit January. So he's six months out. Then he loses to Woodley, which was a shocker. I've spoke about it before. I'm not going to go into it. Um, best best showing of Woodley's career come against the one guy you wouldn't want him to beat, But never mind. That's the kind of time, really, and you saw what, 34, 35 or whatever, that great champions with long careers of hard fights should be getting knocked out by big, younger punchers. Doesn't matter. Shouldn't have with Robbie Lawler. But what's great about Robbie Lawler? Everyone loves him. Made that point. I think it's Violent Money yesterday posted up the uh, Mal- Malvin Manhood fight, which is just one of the greatest fights of all time, isn't it? This is my point. I think Hendrix Lawler won his best fight of all time. Some people think Rory McDonald, uh, that fight is. People love the Condit fight. People love the Diaz fight. People love the Frank Trigg fight. Yeah, fun ones with Scott Smith and Fanny Vitale. You know... Oh, the Aaron Riley fight. That was a good one. This is my point. The greatest action fighter of all time, the Malva Manhood fight, it might not make your top three. My pick for the first Hendricks fight, it might not make your top three. That's how many great nights Robbie Lawler gave us. And that video package they put up was fantastic. Putting him in the box and seeing the guy emotional, a guy, and I know. Joe Rogan's like you're usually such a stoic guy, and you know Joe Rogan follows all those stoicism accounts on Twitter, don't you? That have got like a picture of like a, 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 a an ancient Greek statue as a PFP. Um, you know that's what he's getting at. But he is a, quite a stoic guy. Robbie Lawler let his emotions show in losses and stuff, and was you know would rage out when he won, but not the kind of guy to get sad. It didn't seem. Given his career trajectory as well, you know, he had low moments and he just dusts himself off before you know it. I mean, the man of fight I was talking about, that came after the Jake Shields fight, just before Babalu, then he knocks out Matt Lindland. It's mad, do you know what I mean? Jake Shields submits him. Then he's having that horrific fight against Manif. He's one of the fucking hardest strikers in MMA history and pulls it out. Robbie was not deterred. That's what's great about him. Persevered, stayed with it. And obviously, after going to ATT, uh, once the uh, obviously once he got that shot at the UFC, which he wanted to grab with both hands, it's kind of similar to Mark Hunt, really as well. Mark Hunt, you know, probably get bought out. They don't want him. Oh, come on, give us a shot. Works on it and leverages what made him so great into making himself a viable contender. Robbie Lawler leverages that talent, of which he was seen as that great phenom, and then harnesses it become one of the greatest champions in the history of the weight division and, you know, just adds to his legacy as the greatest action fighter in the history of MMA. Enjoy your retirement, Mr. Lula. Well earned. And as long as I haven't got, you know, Alzheimer's or dementia or something, I will never forget you because you've given us so many great nights and you're so easy to root for. And talking about the Nico Price fight kind of seems redundant as a fight. It was just Robbie Lawler, wasn't it? I'm back. It was indeed just Robbie Lawler, wasn't it? Uh, what a fighter. What a fighter. Hit me up on Twitter at CombatCR with your thoughts on Robbie Lawler as a fighter. Or hit me up in the comments to the extended episode on Patreon if you've decided to sign up, which I hope you do. If you do sign up, you will get access to the recently dropped hour-long audio documentary covering the Chris Wyman-Anderson Silver belt from 2013 10 years ago this past week that features contributions from Luke Thomas and Kenny Florin and you know is the whole shebang all sorts of audio editing and music and it's a proper budget version of an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary on one of the fights which out of All the fights in MMA history would deserve an ESPN 30 for 30 style documentary. Outside of that, what I've been up to? Well, I've got to watch the glorious Joey Chestnut win yet another Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating competition this past week. I've been watching loads of horror films as always. Outside of that, just researching, researching, researching for some more projects that are coming your way on that Patreon feed. What's coming up in the next couple of weeks? Well, of course, we're going to have preview for bud crawford vs. errol spence over on the patreon pretty sure that the actual uh, breakdown of the fight once it happens is going to be here on this feed so definitely be hearing from me on this feed in a couple of weeks if you want to stay in touch with me hit me up on twitter hit me up on instagram and threads as well which i'll join this week that's at combat chronicles pod whether you're waiting on this feed for something free or you see me on a patreon you see me on social media i'm never far away so keep your eyes peeled and i'll be seeing you soon peace out